0: Good morning everyone, this is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Bruce B. Miller. He is the author of Your Life in Rhythm. Bruce is also the founder and senior pastor of McKinney Fellowship in McKinney, Texas. Bruce and I will be discussing a realistic solution to our crazy, overly busy, stressed life by Ripnik Living. The concept is a new paradigm for relieving guilt and stress while accomplishing more of what matters most in life. Good morning, Bruce. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Johnny. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be with you today.
0: Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Your Life in Rhythm is a terrific book. It is well-written and very informative I particularly like the words of wisdom pull out strategically planted throughout the book. Congratulations for that.
1: Uh, thank you so much. I've been encouraged by people's response to the book.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment.
1: Sure. I was uh, born in Dallas and raised in a great family. Went to the University of Texas in Austin, a big Longhorn fan. And then I went back to Dallas Seminary and did some doctoral work at UTD. And God uh, gave me the great opportunity to be the father of five kids, uh, four boys and a girl, all grown now. And now three grandchildren, which we are delighting in. And uh, also the privilege of being the founding pastor of what we now call Christ Fellowship here in McKinney. And, uh, boy, it's just been a joy to be a part of that these last 19 years And, of course, I love to write, and now have about six books out with more to come, and delighted to be a part of helping other people by Mm -hmm. bringing people wisdom for life.
0: Fantastic. When did you first experience the special calling to pursue a vocation in theology?
1: I I think it was in college when I was in Austin, and interacting with some other people there, uh, both, both in the school as well as in the church, and realizing that, I just have such a heart to know God better and really Mm -hmm. understand Him. And it's it's more than religion. It's more about a a personal relationship with the living God. And so I I began a lifelong pursuit of trying to more and more really know the -hmm. living God.
0: Very interesting. What life's epiphanies led you to live a church-based training lifestyle? Well,
1: I've gotten more involved in training Mm -hmm. people in the life of the church. And so church-based training is really education and development in the context of the church. And I realized that all of us want to grow and develop, but a school isn't the best place for all of us. I got involved in a a tutoring business where Mm -hmm. I realized people could learn so much one-on-one and in a small group context. So I began working with people more in a a small group where we can all sit around a table in a living room and talk and share together. So I've begun to develop more of a lifestyle of passing on wisdom in one-on-one and small group settings.
0: Formal school systems, they are to teach you the ABCs of life, basically, the mechanics of all the various subjects. On the other hand, wisdom is something that has to be home-cultured. For like right, a it's something
1: time. that's applied to life in a more personal way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we, we go beyond just facts and bits of knowledge to how does that really work in mm-hmm. the complexities and the peculiarities of our individual unique lives. I think maybe it's like like a unique <laughs> recipe. You can take a recipe, yeah. but yeah. you've got to apply that to a meal that you make.
0: So interesting. You obviously have been living a wonderful, wonderful life with three grandchildren. Five children or three grandchildren? I forgot. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh,
2: Five children and three. You got it right. You got it right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how has the lifestyle contributed to your happiness and the happiness of your loved ones?
1: Oh, I've just had so much joy in in passing on wisdom to my my children Mm -hmm. and now to my grandchildren. And my first grandchild, Arabella, she mm-hmm. is just over two years old and she couldn't say granddaddy. So the first <laughs> name she called me was Dadlin, D A D L I N. Dad and my children thought it was so funny, they began calling me Dadlin. <laughs> and uh this unique, funny, made up word.
2: Yeah. But it began
1: yeah. to symbolize for me new life
2: mm-hmm,
1: of mm-hmm. a new little girl, two years old, Arabella, and to symbolize wisdom that I want to be a dadland figure, so to speak, passing on wisdom to my kids and my grandkids and to see their joy and to see them flourish in life. And uh, Mm -hmm. to to see their, you know, I think the laughter of little children brings so much joy. And so I'm, I'm enjoying uh, that stage of my life at this point.
0: Wonderful. As you know, Life is a journey. So, when did you discover that life has a rhythm to it?
1: You know, I had always heard that we're supposed to live a balanced life, and it, it almost mm-hmm. seemed like mm-hmm. that was a common wisdom that no one would, you'd be a heretic if, if you denied <laughs> that we should live a balanced <laughs> life. But somehow it didn't sit well with me. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. seem to be uh, to fit with life. Life is dynamic, it moves and flows and never stands still. And so I was actually in New Zealand. I was in Auckland mm-hmm. uh, giving uh, some uh, some coaching to a group of leaders, and, and we were in a room uh, with a whiteboard, and they began to say, we're burned out, we're tired, we're burdened, our lives are out of balance, we're out of control. And I drew a wave on the board, and I said, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it's not balance. Maybe it's rhythm. And I don't know if it was the Auckland Harbor or just, you know, the context – but people latched onto the idea, and, and the whole room just took on an energy, and we began to talk about the difference between balance and rhythm. And then I went back home to America, and I began to research rhythm in science, and nature, and the Bible, and spirituality. And I started realizing, oh my goodness, this is such a rich concept, such a bigger idea than I had I had ever imagined. It's not just an idea in music or Mm-hmm. Or a particular mm-hmm. area of life, but it actually is part of the fabric of the mm-hmm. way the world works and the way our lives should work.
0: That's very interesting. I think we're in it, so we don't really realize if you're right. in something versus seeing it from the outside, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. We don't. We, we don't even think about our heart beating until you put your hand on your chest and you mm-hmm. you realize mm-hmm. our very bodies are rhythmic, or you you feel your pulse on your wrist. Um, you know, we, we realize all all of our, even our own bodies, in, mm-hmm. in every way, breathing, you know, our, we don't even think about breathing, but right. our respiration right. itself of breathing in and breathing out has a rhythm to it.
0: So interesting. What are the differences between a balanced life and rhythmic living?
1: Well, some people, when they use the word a balanced life, use some good concepts that I will mm-hmm. also share mm-hmm. about rhythm. However... I think the basic idea, the, the the paradigm of balance, is is static. It, mm-hmm. it, you you balance a checkbook, you balance a a spreadsheet, or you balance mm-hmm. tires. It, it's more a mathematical idea, whereas life is not that way. And also, balance is precarious. You're balanced on a a balance beam on the edge of a cliff, and any moment you could fall off and lose your balance. Mm-hmm. Rhythm mm-hmm. is dynamic. Rhythm is not a
2: dance.
1: Rhythm is a dance. Mm -hmm. Balance is more like a photograph, and rhythm is more like a movie, like a video. And what I realized is our lives are not a snapshot. Our lives are always moving. They're dynamic. So when you you think about balance, it's more like a straight line. Mm -hmm. When you think about rhythm, it's a wave. And I, you know, sometimes as a pastor, I will visit people in a hospital, and Mm -hmm. all of us, many of us have been there where there's people attached to all sorts of machinery and there's there's a screen where you're monitoring all of a person's vital signs. Mm-hmm. Well you don't want any flat lines. You want nothing straight. <laughs> you want rhythm. You want waves because yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: life is 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 in waves. It's in rhythms. There's ups and there's downs. There's times of intensity and times of renewal. And yeah. that I think life is that way. It's more of a dance than it is a
0: pose. In reading your book, what came to mind was the fact that ribnick living is the fluidity of the flow versus a balanced life. For the first time, it's more like it's a static position. That's it. It doesn't move. It doesn't get better or worse. It's just is.
1: Right. And yet, that's not the way life is. It's never static.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is ribnick living unique for each individual? Well, yes and no. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Each of us is in a unique rhythm, meaning a unique time in our lives. In fact, yeah. I encourage I people to not, not only ask other good questions, such as what's my mission in life, what are my values, what's important mm-hmm. to me, but to also ask another key question that we often miss, what time is it in my life? Mm-hmm. And each of us is in a different time in our lives. Now, on the other hand, we'll talk about other kind of rhythms, and we're all in the created rhythms of life. We're all in the same day, the same month, the same year. So there's a sense in which there's two different kinds of rhythm. One is more linear, and Mm -hmm. one is more cyclical. We're all in the same cyclical rhythms made by the sun and the earth and the moon, but we're in different rhythms in the stages and seasons of our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Why is knowing and understanding one's rhythm important?
1: Gosh, it's so important. That's such a big question, Johnny. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's important because we add so much extra stress to our lives by pursuing the mirage of balance. Somehow, mm-hmm. we have in our in our minds that there's this there's this idealistic balanced life that no one's actually living. And it, I, I don't know, it's almost the op- uh, the ultimate expression of boomerism, that, that you have yeah. the perfect two children, and they are, they're wonderful in school and great athletes, and you have a wonderful dog, so well-behaved, and you're winning yeah. yard of the month, you're, you're in perfect physical shape, and spiritually you're doing great, and you're a good citizen and neighbor. Nobody's living that life. You know? And yeah. in fact, yeah. we beat ourselves up,
2: mm-hmm. and we
1: experience so much unnecessary guilt. I mean, there's things we should be guilty for in our lives. There's enough of that,
2: right? But right, we beat right.
1: ourselves up for not living a balanced life when really we shouldn't be pursuing balance anyway. It's it's it is an impossible goal, and mm-hmm. I think it's actually toxic for our souls because we're trying to do something that doesn't really fit. So mm-hmm. rhythm is important because it frees us. Mm-hmm. It frees us from unnecessary guilt and mm-hmm. stress that we don't that we are shouldn't be bearing in our
0: lives. Right. When reading your book as well it come to mind we all have this common call or goal that we want to achieve in life which is the pursuit of happiness. And I remember when you brought up something just now with regards to the nuclear family two kids wife car right Great dog and all that. I remember when I first got to the United States, you know, we talked about the concept of how society structured things. Well. Okay, get that house, pick it, fans. Life is good. Why do you want more? Or what are you complaining about? That's not quite the way it is because then coming back to the concept of if it's a balanced life, then it's a constant, So which means there's no ups and downs. It can be boring.
1: That's exactly right. It can be boring. In fact, when you think about music, if mm-hmm. you just have one tone or one note, it's uh, it's irritating.
2: It, it right. you know it <laughs>
1: it's noise. Uh, good music has is loud and soft and faster and slower and it it moves and is dynamic. That's mm-hmm. that's music. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. a constant note of one sound is honestly noise and and is not. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is not enjoyable.
0: How can one's rhythm contribute to a better lifestyle and living?
1: I, uh, when you when you really start getting this concept of rhythm, mm-hmm. you realize that you can live fully into the season and stage that you're in, and not be envious or jealous of someone else's stage, mm-hmm. or beat mm-hmm. yourself up because you think you should be doing something someone else is doing when that's not your life. Like right. you said, this right. picture of the. You're married and two kids and picket fence. Well, maybe, maybe you're not in that season. You're you're single, or you you've lost a spouse and you're a widow or a widower. Or I mean, there's so many different stages and phases of life that people are in that we we need we, we need to embrace the time and life that God's given us. Mm-hmm. I I see so many people sadly living envious thinking they sh- they're wishing they had somebody else's life rather mm-hmm. than enjoying the life that they have
0: right so true your book identifies two types of rhythms what are they
1: so there there's the I realize there's two kinds of rhythm mm-hmm. there is more of a linear rhythm and a cyclical rhythm there are waves and circles to think of it that way I use two mm-hmm. Greek words that um are used differently. And really, many cultures have these two different words for time. Mm -hmm. The one Greek word is kairos, the kairos moment, the right time, the appropriate season. Like if you're going to ask somebody to marry you, you're looking for the right time to propose. Or if you want to make an investment, you're looking for the right time to make an investment that would earn you a good return. Kronos time, C-H-R-O-N-O-S, like the words chronology and chronometer mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. clock and calendar time that's the cyclical time that's like circles think of a uh, circles and the kairos time is linear so you you only live through a season once you 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 experience your teenage years one time you experience going through your 20s what you don't get to redo that decade of your life it, it It's a linear sense of time, so all of us have a lifespan we mm-hmm. have a and 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 people have identified- especially if you get down to the earliest parts of our lives, like a a baby in the womb, even you can mm-hmm. see the development week by week or a child year by year, but we keep developing as adults, and we realize there are stages in our lives that are are rhythms you can identify the decades of your life, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, are all so different from each other. So two mm-hmm. different kinds of rhythm, kairos, linear rhythm, and then, which are stages and seasons, and mm-hmm. then cyclical rhythms that we all live in, which are chronos rhythms.
0: Mm-hmm. You talk about stages and seasons as well. Now, how are they different from one another in the sense that I know seasons... Uh, cycles that you go through stages in life. In yeah. this case life move in one direction forward. That's it That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I've used the two words to, to signify that what you've just said these two different kind of rhythms Uh yeah. a stage is a longer time like maybe four to ten years you might have a stage of serving in the military or a stage of being in school a long time to so you're studying to be a doctor <laughs> and you're of a season of graduates, a stage of being in graduate school, or there's a stage of having children, and they're all preschoolers and little babies, and then a stage of raging children and teen years and years, then an empty nest, and then retirement years and senior years. These are long stages of life. You might have one marriage and another season of singleness and a second marriage, but you might have a a stage of life where you lived overseas in another country. Mm -hmm. Seasons, however, are shorter. It might be a month to a couple of years. Uh, Pregnancy is a season. Moving to a new city is a season. There there are thousands of seasons and you have some overlapping seasons and you might go through a season multiple times because of different moves or Mm -hmm. there's a season of rehabilitation when you have an injury or an accident and you need to have a season of recovery and, and rehabilitation. There's a a season of grief when a, a loved one dies, and you go through a season of grieving. So, all kinds of seasons in our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Please walk us through the strategies of living in rhythm.
1: Well, when you think about these stages and seasons, what you want to do is answer that question I raised earlier What mm-hmm. time is it in my life? You, you might think through right now, what, what stage am I in? And it helps you to ask, what stage was I in earlier and mm-hmm. what stage might I be moving to later to better identify what's unique about this time? So for me, as I shared, I've just entered the grandparent stage, a new stage of life for me. In each stage and season, we've just gone through a season of my wife uh, going back to school later in life for a second degree. So we went through a season of her being in school. We're now in a season of her starting a new career as a speech therapist, and she's in the season of the beginning of a new job. So the first thing you do is identify what time is it in my life. Now,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: once you've identified that, what do you do with that? How how does that help you to know what time it is? I have three strategies, three rhythm strategies related to this Kairos rhythm, knowing the time in your life. The first one is to release expectations. You release expectations that don't fit this stage or this season in your life for more peace. When you can release expectations that don't fit this stage or season in your life, you find more peace in your soul. An example would be in a time of rehabilitation, uh, one of my family members had a a knee surgery, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't healing And the doctors were so confused because he was taking the medicine, he was changing his bandages, he was eating a Mm -hmm. high-protein diet to uh, foster uh, regrowing of his his knee and the the surgery he'd had. But Mm -hmm. the doctor said, it's not healing right.
2: What happened
1: was he was out playing ultimate frisbee and rock climbing and (laughs) and being active, and the doctor said, no, you, you can't do that during this season of your life. Right. When you're in rehab, you can't go out and play Ultimate frisbee
2: right and it right. ended
1: up because he because he didn't give up that expectation, he actually was playing with some teenagers, and uh someone hit his legs and he reopened yeah. his surgery, and he had to go back for a second surgery and you can take that story and realize, oh, there's many seasons of life where we need to release an expectation that I'm going to be playing Ultimate Frisbee when this is a season of rehabilitation.
0: That's correct. One of the things I got out of releasing expectation as well is in the sense of you have to match your current behavior tendencies to match your goal. You have to lower your expectation to meet your current situation. And this is a temporary adjustment, so to speak.
1: I see young moms. And Mm -hmm. uh, now... You know, they, 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 they. Some some ladies will say this. You maybe, you maybe some of you who are listening have heard this. Mm-hmm. That a lady who's pregnant with her first child will sometimes say, "This baby will not change my life." <laughs> famous last words. Uh, <laughs> you're entering a new and wonderful season
2: yeah, of yeah.
1: having a baby, but yeah. that baby will change your life. And when yeah. you resist that. And you don't enter into this new season and all that it has for you. Right. You 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 get frustrated that you're, in that case, uh, for a lady, that your body is not like the body of your friend who hasn't had a baby yet. Or
2: yeah. that yeah. you
1: can't continue um, all the th- activities you might have been involved in. Maybe for you now, instead of going to the gym for two hours and doing all the insanity workouts, uh-huh. now... Your workout, your exercise is to push the stroller around the neighborhood and, and right. how wonderful that is mm-hmm. and to to release the expectation that with a brand new baby, you're going to go be in the gym all the time like maybe you were before. Right. And that's an expectation to release in this wonderful new season of a new baby.
0: Releasing the expectation to me is, in a way, getting rid of the old stuff right and with anticipation of something new coming forward and your book talks about seizing of opportunities so is there a proper way of seizing opportunities
1: ah I'm so glad you you said that that's the second strategy You, you you release expectations for more peace and you seize opportunities for more fulfillment opportunities that by might be unique to this season this stage of your life so with that brand-new baby, you have the opportunity to hold this little baby and love them and feed them and care for them, and you're giving your life to a new human being. This is this is an amazing opportunity, and yet it's so easy to miss it. And, of course, older parents always give younger parents the same advice, which is <laughs> they're only young once. Hold them and love right,
2: them because right, they grow right. up the
1: best. Well, you yeah. know what? That advice is true, mm-hmm, and here's mm-hmm. what I would say to expand it. Mm-hmm. Every stage we only go through one time. There are mm-hmm. only teenagers one time. You only get that first year of marriage one time. You only get that senior year of high school one time. And so you want to seize the opportunities that are unique to each stage and season. Why? My daughter um, got married several years ago, and we thought, you know what, let's enjoy this season of engagement and preparing for a wedding and yes, there's, uh, you know, challenges, and every season has challenges and dangers,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: to, to seize the opportunities for joy of all the the uh, details around planning that wedding and putting it together and then hosting guests and having the ceremony and all the joy. We said, let's let seize all the opportunities that are there for the joy that God's mm-hmm. provided in, in, in that season.
0: Yeah. Uh, One of the things also is that that's to me, is growth. That's right. Personal growth, which is the most important thing in this situation, personal growth. And so along with that growth, you will experience a whole new level of uh, accomplishments in some ways.
1: You know, my father surprised me. My dad is 84 Mm -hmm. and doing well. He and my mom sold our family home they'd lived in for 50 years and moved into a wonderful senior living place that they're thrilled with. And I was having dinner with them uh, down there. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, Bruce, you need to write another chapter to your book.
2: And I said, what do you mean?
1: (laughs) And he said, I'm entering a whole new season. He said, when I
2: went to college
1: in a fraternity, that was its own season. When I was a Marine Corps pilot, that was its
2: own.
1: He was a dentist. He said, he said, Now I'm in this new world with your mom and he said we've joined the the newcomers club welcoming new people to the center and right, he's now the right. vice president of the residence club and they're they have outings and they go on a mm-hmm. van to musicals and all and he said, Bruce, there's a whole new life I'm experiencing. It's a new rhythm.
2: Right. Right.
1: In this new in this senior living center, he is seizing the opportunities that are new in this stage, mm-hmm. this season of his life, that I don't think he he could just sit in his room and mm-hmm. maybe be resentful that he doesn't have his home that he lived in 50 years, but instead he is seizing the opportunities to form new relationships and join the various clubs and activities that are, are part of this new yeah. season of his life.
0: With that mindset, we also create new things. Because we are the creator of our future in so many ways.
1: Right. Right. So and I think when that you're living this life in rhythm, you're able to enjoy the present mm-hmm. while anticipating the future. And that's, and that's the third strategy I have is to anticipate the future. You
2: right. know, anticipate
1: what's next in your life. Because I see some people, and they're in a particular stage, they're in graduate school, and they're so frustrated because it's so hard.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
1: you realize you're going to graduate or a pregnancy. It's it's that, gosh, it's getting, I'm in my third trimester and it's so hard, but the baby's coming. <laughs> and that anticipation that the baby's coming, graduation's coming, there's a new day on the horizon. No, no season or stage lasts forever. So we can anticipate there is a future that, like you say, we're helping to make as yeah. we make choices today.
0: One of the things that I really like about, your book and what you cover in terms of the rhythm in life and so forth, you have lots of the spiritual affirmation from it. The Bible certainly talks about it. And, of course, there's been research from the scientific world that backs that up as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. In your research, both from the scientific standpoint of view, as well as, if I can say this respectfully, I'm a fairly scholar of the scriptures. So share those aspects with us, if you don't mind.
1: Ah. I'd love to. Thank you for asking, Johnny. And I you know, I think really God's at the center of our lives and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's funny people talk about time management. Yeah. As, as if we could save time, spend time, manage time. But when you think about it, can we really? Is time money? I don't think time is like money. Yeah. Only one person manages time and you and I are not him. You know, God, God created <laughs> and so uh, as you said earlier, we flow into the time that is already created for us. We live in a created in a world that lives cyclically. So, one of my favorite parts in Scripture is a poem that the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, mm-hmm. wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter three. It's a famous uh, poem that's been put to music many times. That mm-hmm. there's a season. There's a season for everything under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die a time to pick up, a time to put down, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to weep, a time to rejoice, a time to dance. And some people try to apply that to a balanced life. But you, if you think about it for a minute, you realize that's kind of crazy. Would yeah. you plant a little bit and then harvest a little bit? No. There's a season for planting and a season for harvesting. Or if you try to cry a little bit and then laugh a little bit, we're, yeah. we're worried about you. That's unhealthy. That's... That's a sign of of, of an emotional problem. Instead, when it's time to celebrate, we should go all out, make a feast, have a party, celebrate new life, celebrate um, a a spiritual victory of a baptism or a new Mm -hmm. beginning. And then when it's time to grieve, when someone dies, when there's an ending in our lives, we should grieve deeply and grieve well. Mm -hmm. Too often with this balance mentality, we're trying not to get too crazy with our celebration or not to get (laughs) upset, when really that's not a healthy way to live. So looking at the scripture, that passage in Ecclesiastes is so strong at looking at how God has created the world rhythmically, and there's a time and a season for every activity under heaven. And when you realize what season it is in your life, you live into that season. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. What I like about that phrase, by the way, is on page 46 in your book, is the idea of there's always a beginning and an ending. It's never a perpetual thing that goes on and on and on. Uh, There is a beginning and an ending. And then now the question is, God does give us free will. If you chose to ignore the ending... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it might be perpetual for you. The idea is that be mindful, and you'll find that for every beginning, there is an ending.
1: That's right. That's right. And you, I'm. Uh, I think about even the rhythms of the year. Mm-hmm. That uh, at this moment we're anticipating uh, the celebration of Easter and mm-hmm. the coming of Christ into the world and the rhythm of His life, which was a, and even the whole movement from Good Friday to Sunday is this movement from suffering. To resurrection right and that we don't we don't stay he didn't stay buried and we don't stay uh, it's unhealthy to stay in a time of suffering or grief mm-hmm. there's a movement to resurrection and new life and that pattern I think is a deep pattern in our lives of moving from suffering to victory
2: right and that right.
1: It, to realize that it doesn't stay the same there mm-hmm. there are times of tears and times of sadness and and that's okay and to, right. there, there is a kind of darkness, but the sun comes up. You know,
0: right. there, there's
1: a morning after the evening.
0: Right. That's the uniqueness of I think if I want to add to what I just said, every beginning there's an ending. The uniqueness, the cycle of rhythm and the cycle of life in many ways is whenever that end comes, there's a new beginning. And of course, in situations, certainly, certainly, there is always a beginning, ending, and guess what? That ending is a kickoff to a new beginning.
1: That's right. It it's interesting how the New Testament describes this this um beginning of a new relationship with Christ. It's it's fascinating because it's both a dying to yourself and a living. And so it's new life, new birth, you know, being born again. There's right, this right there's this sense of a new beginning that's also a dying to a selfishness, a dying to a uh a self centered life to a new awakening, a new beginning of a God-centered life in Christ that is just what you were saying. There's a dying and a beginning that Mm -hmm. are um, interlaced together, really.
0: Mm -hmm. Death here does not mean the physical death, but death in terms of thought process. Right. New beginning, to me, relates to hope the next day. There's always something to shoot for, and that's very, very important.
1: And you see that in the rhythm in in, uh, in nature,
0: you know, there's right.
1: winter, and the grass dies, and it, it all looks brown, and then spring comes,
2: and it's green
1: again, and the trees mm-hmm. bloom and blossom, and and I, that's that's a, an annual cycle,
0: that I think mm-hmm.
1: demonstrates what you're saying about death and life.
0: Right. What are the five chronos cycles?
1: Yeah, thank you. That's really the second kind of rhythm is this chronos or cyclical rhythm. Sometimes we we mistakenly think about time as just one moment following the next, this idea that time is money or it's just moment, 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 when actually we experience our lives, we experience time in cycles. There's five of them, and we know them, the day, the week, the month, the quarter, and the year. And I began to research, where did these come from? Who, who invented yeah, these? Yeah. The Chinese or the, the Native Americans? Well, yeah. no one did. They're in every culture because mm-hmm. they're built into the created world. G- Genesis chapter 1, it's the sun, the moon, and the earth, and the way they spin and rotate that creates the day. And mm-hmm. so every culture has the day. And uh, the month is a lunar cycle. Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. quarter is equinoxes and solstices, and, of course, the year. And so uh, the only one that doesn't tie to earth, moon, and sun is the week, and God created the week with the order of creation. Mm -hmm. But these five cycles, I think even people, uh, it doesn't require like a special learning. People in preliterate days understood these cycles, living out in nature and in the world, Right, and for us, it's almost with the that we have to relearn them because with the invention of electricity, light, right. with the internet, we can be on "quote unquote" twenty four seven. But we realize that isn't healthy.
2: Right, some, right.
1: You know, we, that's just not a good way to live. Always on twenty four seven. That's not the way our bodies are made, and it's not the way God designed the world.
0: Right, right. Very interesting how do we pace ourselves then
1: well we we uh, one thing we we do is we want to flow in these five rhythms these five cycles so mm-hmm. most of us understand the day best and and i bet most people have tried to stay up all night i know when i was younger i i stayed up all night <laughs> I, i've met a few people who stayed up two nights in a row or even three but we quickly realize that doesn't work very well that hurts. I, I don't feel good at all. And these days, goodness, if I stayed up all night, I'd be I'd be hurting, you know.
2: And you learn
1: that to violate that rhythm of day and night is actually counterproductive and that mm-hmm. you will live a more fulfilling, more productive life by getting a good night's sleep every night. Mm-hmm. What if that same reality mm-hmm. applied to the week, the month, the quarter, and the year? And yeah. I believe it does. And so I've read some research, I put it in my book, that let's take the year. People who don't take uh, an annual vacation are at a mm-hmm. higher risk of heart attack. And it doesn't show up as quickly as when you try to stay up all night and you realize I'm exhausted. Right. There's a, deep, there's a deeper exhaustion that if you don't take regular rest in these cycles, these five cycles, you're at a greater risk of emotional breakdown, of a burnout, of really, Mm -hmm. sadly, people who experience a literal, physical, emotional, spiritual collapse. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not caused by a severe crisis. Sometimes it's caused by literally wearing out because you're trying to live always on rather than living in rhythm. So pacing yourself is to learn a a daily pace. There is a weekly pace, a monthly pace, a quarterly pace, and an annual pace. And I, I talk about that in my book, about mm-hmm. how to think through each of those cycles. And most of us, again, like for a, a day, you kind of know, when in the day am I the, the brightest? When am, am I a morning person, an evening person? But you can also think through the flow of a week mm-hmm. and even the flow of a month, a quarter, and a year of when am I going to be have a time more intensity, more renewal, What's sort of the flow of my life in these cycles? And like I say, people who live and who do live today closer to the earth—I'm not a farmer—but mm-hmm. there's there's a deeper understanding of those cycles of the time of of preparing preparing the ground mm-hmm. for planting, <laughs> and a time of planting and of then of weeding and 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 all of that, and then of harvesting, and then letting the ground lay fallow. And we can think. Each of us, we may not be farmers, but right. each of us do have an annual flow to our lives that we can learn to to flow with, and have a life that's less stressful and more peaceful, more fulfilling, and less frustrating.
0: So true. In applying to a work situation, the first thing came to mind is prioritizing the things that you need to get done on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and so forth. Because then, all of a sudden, item number four, five, six, and seven could wait. And you
1: also want to look at at uh, in addition to that, um, mm-hmm. look at the psych, the the what an annual flow would be. I recently I, I was uh, Sunday, one of our church members came up and she said, "I'm an accountant," mm-hmm. and she said, uh, so it's tax season, and so I'm working seven days a week. And she right. was smiling, Then she's lived this before. So she wasn't surprised, and she knew from now, and there was an, uh, someone else saying their mother had been an accountant, and that she would always take a day off on April 16th.
2: And she said,
1: <laughs> you know, tax day is the 15th. And so she knew, and this lady, you know, I'm going to work really hard up till April 15th. And then I'm going to slow down. So rather than being surprised by that, if you're an accountant who does those kinds of taxes, you realize, oh, I'm going to arrange my life and explain to my loved ones around me in this season, in March and the first part of April, I'm going to work really hard. That's going to be okay. That's going to be my busy season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to relax. Or, you know, I think about... um, you know, kind of your theme of recipes for life and cooking, anyone who runs a restaurant knows that the traffic in a restaurant is not constant all day long. Right. And so the way you staff up your restaurant and you know that there's a a rush for breakfast and lunch and dinner and and there's slower times between. So you arrange Mm -hmm. the flow of your restaurant around that. And then there's a weekly flow. There's
2: uh, Mm -hmm.
1: times Mm -hmm. when more people come to your restaurant than There's certain nights that are more busy and there's the weekend and if you do a Sunday brunch. I'm just using that common illustration to say no matter what your industry or what kind of work you do or at home with kids, you'll find there's a flow. And probably a lot of it's intuitive, but if you would make yourself aware and and be a little more conscious Mm -hmm. of those flows, you can learn to flow into them rather than resisting them.
0: So true. Why is creating life-enhancing rituals necessary?
1: Oh, see, I use the word ritual. Some people, that's an uncommon word. It's used in in theology circles, but also um, it's used in about regular life. So you can Mm -hmm. find books on marriage rituals and greeting rituals in cultures or family rituals. You might think about it in shorter cycles of words like habit or a discipline, Mm -hmm. or in longer cycles like the year in terms of a tradition that you build into your family, build into your life of how you want to celebrate um birthdays and anniversaries or or um holidays. For our I remember with our kids when we had our when we were raising our five kids at home, we would celebrate the or mark the end of summer with going to a kind of an a big pool amusement park mm-hmm. in our area, but the children became to anticipate that. So what you can do when you learn these five cycles is you can think about rituals you want to build into your life in each cycle. So maybe on a day you want to get up and spend time praying or meditating, reading um, uh, the scriptures. And then on a week, maybe you want to build in, a. uh, when I'm thinking about spiritual health, that you would attend services on Sunday. that That we just go, we just do that as a family. Or maybe a family night that you say, you know, we want to build in Thursday night's gonna be family night. We're all gonna be home, mm-hmm. we're gonna play games, we're gonna make a meal together, and and we're going to let that be a ritual of our lives as a family. So on longer cycles, like let's say quarter, my wife and I have, have decided that for our marriage, we would like to get away once a quarter for a weekend, do a
2: mm-hmm. a
1: couple night getaway that That builds that time with each other into our lives, and it's we're not doing something elaborate by the way, you know it's something small we might get away to a cabin at a state park,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's mm-hmm. that quarterly time of investing in our relationship that that builds health into our lives. so you can think of so many different rituals, but what the some of the power of thinking rhythmically is. You can think of those five cycles that we talked about, those chronocyclical cyclical cycles of the way the world, the way the created world works. Actually, the day, the month,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: the day, the week, the month, the quarter, and the year, and think of life enhancing rituals that you could build into each ritual to strengthen your own life, a uh, a marriage or a close relationship you might have, or a family. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are wonderful advice. One of the things I really enjoyed reading in your book is the process of oscillating between work and rest. And one of the things that you mentioned in the book is very interesting. Life is not a marathon but a series of sprints. That's and right. And rest. So let's talk about that. You
1: know, I find that people who, who exercise, and I do a little bit. I wouldn't say I, I'm far from a fitness <laughs> expert. But I am told and I realize you don't exercise the same muscle every day. Right. Because you make t- tiny micro tears in your muscle and then the day that it rests is the day you actually build up your bicep or whatever muscle you're working on. Or they say when you're learning, to trying to get ready for to run a marathon or you want to get in shape, that interval training is better than running constantly. Or I just think this is obvious in life. The word oscillate, by the way, just means to move from one state to another. So what I want to uh, encourage us to do is to oscillate between work and rest, or between intensity and renewal. Sometimes, when I'm giving a workshop on this, I do I do seminars on on living rhythmically. Is I encourage everyone to stand up. So picture you're in a room and you're sitting in a chair. Maybe you are right now. Stand up and hold your chair out straight, armed right in front of you, and and see how long you can hold it. Of course, your arms start shaking in a matter of seconds, and very few of us can hold a a, a chair out straight in front of us very long. Yeah. But if you set that chair down and kind of shake your arms a bit and pick it back up and then set it down and pick it back up, you'll find you could do that for an hour mm-hmm. because you're oscillating between work and rest. Mm-hmm. I, I Just to make it practical, this is just not that complicated. You think about those five cycles. And here's just simple advice. On a day, you should get a good night's rest. On a week, you should take a day off, have a Sabbath. On a month, take a weekend. On a quarter, take a three-day weekend. You got. We have so many with Presidents' Day and Labor Day and all.
2: Right. And then right,
1: once right. a year, once a year, take a vacation. Mm-hmm. You you want to oscillate between work and rest, intensity and renewal, or we wear ourselves out. You if right. you try to stay a constant state of work, or even a constant balance of work and rest. It doesn't go well. In fact, we kinda of make ourselves crazy. I, I don't know if other people experience this, but I find sometimes when I'm working really hard mm-hmm. I feel guilty. I'm working too, and I say I'm working too many long hours too hard. Then when I'm on vacation I feel guilty and feel like I ought to be checking email.
2: <laughs> Instead
1: <laughs> when there's a season of hard work, which there is for all of us, when it's when you're in retail and it's and it's Christmas time or Uh, you know, Black Friday or it's it's tax season for an accountant. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Or for me as a pastor, Easter is a time of intensity. That's okay. In fact, it's good to have times of intensity, but you want to then have times of renewal and rest when you slow down. And when you're on vacation, you need to really rest deeply.
2: Right, right.
0: I agree with that. I think... Even myself, in reading your book, it really reminded me because I have been sort of like, okay, just work and don't worry about it. Take rest right. whenever you can. <laughs> and then I find myself, uh, this is quite interesting because this is from a personal experience. And I know in your book, you share a lot of personal experience of your own. Right. Uh, I could tell people that then after a while, I'm not operating at my peak because That's my right. brain gets foggy because I'm... Tired. I'm mentally exhausted because in my situation I need to be mentally astute, and I'm yeah. not feeling that. Even though, like, oh yeah, I mean, he's walking around fine. There's nothing wrong with him. It doesn't look like any. You know what I'm talking about? But you know yourself. I do. I do. I'm not there. I'm not the 100% or whatever you want to call it.
1: You're running out of gas. You know, you're running yeah. on
0: fumes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I understand that perfectly, and it's like. Great. This is something that I need someone to kind of slap me in the face and say, you know, you can do this. You need to take some time off because if That's you intend right. to truly do one heck of a job in the next endeavor you're doing or the next thing that you pick up to do, then you need to have the downtime to recharge. That's right. Yeah, so I agree with that. Are there challenges in finding one's rhythm?
1: You know, there are. Um, it's... Uh it's not all that simple to do. Some people it's easier than others, but I think there's so much pressure in our world to produce, to win, to, to, you know, the competition and all. But when you, when you begin to develop this mindset and you begin to understand that actually living in rhythm is a much healthier way to live and we can accomplish many fulfilling, wonderful things and have more peace. It's not that you have to give up one for the other, then I think I really think it's resisting some of the allures of the always on, always constant world and the, the feeling like I've always gotta beat the next guy that yeah, we have to yeah. let go of.
0: I agree with that. One of the things your book offer, which I like very much on page one ninety nine, is the rhythm solution process. And of course you have case studies, some of the people that have really literally lived their life accordingly. Let's talk a little bit about that because I thought that was really cool because then you start formulating a game plan for success.
1: That's right. That's right. In the book, I have a, a rhythm solution process. So I, I walk you through a worksheet where you can identify, hey, what's the real problem in my life? You know, Where am I feeling the most stress? Then ask yourself what time is it in your life? Figure out, hey, what's, what life stage am I in, what personal season? Then apply these six rhythm strategies that we've talked about Release expectations, seize opportunities, anticipate what's next. And then for the cycles, the chronos rhythm, pace your life, build your rituals, and oscillate work and rest. And I walk you through how you can apply those to your life. And as you said, we've got uh, a number of examples of people who have done that in all different stages and phases of life so that you can have some examples to follow for yourself.
0: It is very interesting. I view this exercise as a compass to success.
1: Well, I really hope it can help people live with less stress and more peace, less Mm -hmm. frustration and more fulfillment, less discouragement and more hope. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you find that there are difficulties in terms of people coming to the expectation of, hey, I really want to do this, but I can't? So how do you overcome those excuses? This is great, but however, it's not for me.
1: You know, what I encourage people to do, encourage you to do, if that's your question, is, is I say, hey, you know, this is a big idea, and I shared six strategies, and it's a, it may be a whole new idea for you. I find most people say to me, you know what? I've always kind of thought that, what you're saying, but I've never put it into words.
2: <laughs>
0: so
1: I think it intuitively resonates with people, this yeah. idea of life and rhythm. So yeah. what I encourage is take one step. Don't, don't try to do everything at once. Maybe one of those strategies resonated with you. And I would encourage you, rather than trying to put everything into practice,
2: just take one
1: step. Just mm-hmm. take one step of something you could do to improve your life, to live a more rhythmic life. Maybe for you it's just simply giving up the pursuit of this mythical balanced life and yeah. just say, you know, I'm going to stop doing it. I'm just going to let that go. And I'm going to – maybe the next step would be to say, let me just try to identify what time it is in my life. I just want to kind of be – Self-aware mm-hmm. of what time it is, and that's 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 a beginning. Hey, that's a step
0: mm-hmm. forward, you know. Yeah, I agree with that because I think you need to start by identifying your life stage where you are at. Right, like you were talking about because stage is a lot more prolonged time frame. That's right. And then you start looking at the cycles itself. You'll be yeah. amazed at the things that you will find. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading your life in rhythm, and how can they get the most out of the book?
1: I really want uh, you to gain this healthier life, really a more fulfilling life, a more peaceful life. And it's not a panacea, and it's not perfect. And Life, life always has difficulties and struggles, and I'm not saying that a, this book or this concept of living in rhythm is going to remove all hurts and disappointments and suffering from life. It doesn't. However, I really believe that most of us can live a life mm-hmm. that is more peaceful, more fulfilling, more hopeful by living in the way God created the world. And, of course, uh, the ultimate key is is Jesus Christ and life mm-hmm. in him because that's a whole other order of living that right. now you begin to introduce an eternal rhythm that right. takes us beyond this world to an ever richer life. But I really right. think that, that uh, the, the book that, that we're talking about is wisdom for life. It is basic, really, creation wisdom that applies to everybody. It doesn't matter what your religious belief or no religious belief. This is, is about the way the world works, which is, as we've talked about, more rhythmic than it is balanced. It's more of a, a dance than it is a pose.
0: I agree. I enjoyed the book very much. I do not see it as a religious spiritual book. I see it as I'm here now on this earth, regardless of what my spiritual beliefs are, These are practical right. application on how I can live a very effective and productive life and most importantly a happy one.
1: Yeah. Yes. More joyful lives than than a lot of us do. Rather right. than resenting where we are to live to flow into the time and the and the uh, stage and seasons that
0: God's given us. Mm-hmm. So true. Where can someone go to buy the book, get more information about uh, you, and keep up with your latest happenings?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. It's brucebmiller.com. dot com. Just go to there's a website there, brucebmiller.com, dot com, and you can sign up for a newsletter there, an occasional newsletter that comes out, and you can see this book, Your Life in Rhythm, and other books. And I'm certainly available to come and speak. I do a, uh, you know, more like an hour talk, and I also do a half-day or full-day seminar or workshop, often with a team or a group of people, and find that uh, people are really responsive and in, in that setting can can really make a big step forward, even just in one day as we begin the process of how to work through these worksheets we've been talking about and live ryth- rhythmically. So BruceBMiller.com. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour since our show is about people, family, and living life. Would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning?
1: My really recipe for living is what we've been talking about. It's to live a rhythmic (laughs)
0: life
1: that flows in not only your stage and season, but also in the five created cycles of our world. And if you can flow in stages and seasons and flow in these cycles, you're going to experience a life. Uh, full of so much more joy.
0: It is a fantastic book. I really like it. This book it is about living life in the now moment and understanding it and how to apply yourself now for a happy life. Bruce, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on from my mama's kitchen talk radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor in chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul for Mom with Love, 101 stories about why we love our mothers. Chicken Soup, by the way, is donating all the royalties from the book to the Boys and Ghost Club of America. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Bruce, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day, sir.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you so much, Johnny.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.